Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for creating us in your image, for your glory, Lord. Thank you for blessing us in the now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, for providing, Lord God, direction, stability, Lord, and signs and wonders, Lord. Thank you that we were created in your image for your glory, Lord. Bless us as we read your word today, February the 22nd. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're looking at Leviticus. 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 13, 1. 13. Chapter, verses 1 through 59. Huh? Right? No. Where's your glasses? That's what it says, babe. What do you mean, oh, no? 13, 1 to 15. <laughs> I was aware of 21. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm having my teacher here. <laughs> Lord, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, If anyone has a swelling or a rash or a discolored skin that might develop into a serious skin disease, that person must be brought to Aaron the priest or to the one of his sons. The priest will examine the affected area of the skin. If the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than skin deep, it is a serious skin disease and the priest who examines it must pronounce the person ceremony unclean. But if the affected area of the skin is only a white discoloration and does not appear to be more than skin deep, and if the hair on the spot has not turned white, the priest will quarantine that person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. If he finds that the affected area has not changed and the problem has not spread on the skin, the priest will quarantine the person for seven more days. On the seventh day, the priest will make another examination. If he finds the affected area has faded and not spread, the priest will pronounce the person ceremony clean. It was only a rash. The person's clothing must be washed and the person must be ceremonially clean, will be. But if the rash continues to spread after the person has been examined by the priest and has been pronounced clean, the infected person must return to the examination, be examined again. If the priest finds that the rash has spread, he must pronounce the person's ceremony unclean, for it is indeed a skin disease. Um. Anyone who develops a serious skin disease must go to the priest for examination. If the priest finds a white swelling on the skin and some hair on the spot has turned white, and there is an open sore in the affected area, it is a chronic skin disease, and the priest must pronounce the person's ceremony unclean. In such case, a person need not be a quarantine, for it is obvious that the skin is defiled by the disease. 
Now suppose the disease has spread all over the person's skin, covering the body from head to foot. When the priest examines the infected person and finds that the disease covers the entire body, he will pronounce the person's ceremony clean. Since the skin has turned completely white, the person is clean. But if any open source appears, the infected person will be pronounced ceremony unclean. The priest must make this pronouncement as soon as he sees an open sore. Since open sores indicate the presence of a skin disease, however, if the open sore heals and turns white like the rest of the skin, the person must return to the priest for another examination. If the affected area has indeed turned white, the priest will then pronounce the person's ceremony clean by declaring, You are clean. If anyone has a boil on the skin that has started to heal, but a white swelling or a red dish white spot develops in its place, the person must go to the priest to be examined. If the priest examines it and finds it to be more than skin deep, and if the hair in the affected area has turned white, the priest must pronounce the person's ceremony unclean. The boil has become serious skin disease. But if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the person for seven days. If during that time the affected area spreads on the skin, the priest must pronounce the person's ceremony unclean because it is a serious disease. But if the area grows no longer than no larger and does not spread, it is merely the scar from the boil, and the priest will pronounce the person's ceremony clean. If anyone has suffered a burn on the skin and the burn area changes color, becoming either reddish, white, or shiny white, the priest must examine it. If he finds that the hair in the affected area has turned white and the problem appears to be more than skin deep, a skin disease has broken out in the burn. The priest must then pronounce the person's ceremony unclean, for it is clear a serious skin disease, but if the priest finds no white hair on the affected area and the problem appears to be no more than skin deep and has faded, the priest must quarantine the infected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must examine the person again. If the affected area has spread on the skin, the priest must pronounce that person's ceremony unclean. For it is clear a serious skin disease, but if the affected area has not changed or spread and the skin has faded, it is simply a swelling from the burn. The priest will then pronounce the person's ceremony clean, for it is only the scars from the burn. If anyone, either a man or a woman, has a sore on the head or a chin, the priest must examine it. If he finds it in more than skin is deep and has fine yellow hair on it, the priest must pronounce the person's ceremony unclean. If it is scabby sore of the head or chin, if the priest examines the scabby sore and finds that it is only skin deep, but there is no black hair on it, he must quarantine the person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must examine the sore again. If he finds that the scabby sore has not spread and there is no yellow hair on it and appears to be only skin deep, the person must have shave off of the hair except the hair on the affected area. Then the priest must quarantine the person for another seven days. On the seventh day, he will examine the sore again. If it has not spread, it appears to be more than skin deep. 
The priest will pronounce the person's ceremony clean. The person's clothing must be washed, and the person will be ceremony clean. But if the scab sore begins to spread after the person is pronounced clean, the priest must do another examination. If he finds that the sore has spread, the priest does not need to look for yellow hair. The infected person is ceremony unclean. Ceremony unclean. But if the color in the scabby sword does not change and black hair has grown on it, it has healed. The priest will then pronounce the person ceremony clean. If anyone, either man or woman, has shiny white patches on the skin, the priest must examine the affected area. If he finds that the shiny patches are only pale white, this is harmless skin rash and the person is ceremony ceremonially clean. If a man loses his hair and his head becomes bald, he is still ceremony clean. And if he loses hair on his forehead, he simply has a bald forehead. <laughs> he is still clean. However, if a reddish white sore appears in the ball area on the top back of his head, this is a skin disease. The priest must examine him, and if he finds swelling around the reddish white sore anywhere on the man's head, and it looks like a skin disease, this man is indeed infected with a skin disease, and it's unclean. The priest must pronounce him ceremonially unclean because of the sore on his head. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as a serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Now, suppose mildew contaminates some wood, woolen, or linen clothing, woolen or linen fabric the hide of an animal, or anything made of leather. If the contamination area of the, in the clothing, the animal hide, the fabric, or the leather article has turned greenish or reddish, it is contaminated with mildew and must be shown to the priest. After examining the affected spot, the priest will put the article in quarantine for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest must inspect it again. If the contamination area has spread, the clothing or fabric or leather is clearly contaminated by a serious mildew and a ceremony unclean. The priest must burn the item, the clothing, the woolen or linen fabric or piece of leather for it has been contaminated by a serious mildew. It must be completely destroyed by fire. But if the priest examines it and finds that the contamination area has not spread in the clothing, the fabric or the leather, the priest will order the object to be washed and then quarantine for seven more days. Then the priest must examine the object again. If he finds that the contamination area has not changed color after being washed, even if it did not spread, the object is defiled. It must be completely burned up, whether the contaminated spot is on the inside or outside. But if the priest examines and finds that the contaminated area has faded, after being washed, he must cut the spot from the clothing, the fabric, or the leather. If the spot later reappears in the clothing, the fabric, or the leather article, the mildew is clearly spreading, and the contaminated object must be burned up. But if the spot disappears from the clothing, 
the fabric or the leather article after it. It has been washed. It must be washed again and it will be ceremonially clean. These are the instructions for dealing with mildew that contaminates woolen or linen clothing or fabric or anything made of leather. This is how the priest will determine whether these items are ceremonially clean or unclean. Okay, Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 29. Um, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all that, this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed, He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus said, said to them, told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people and he called his twelve disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go he said stay in the same house until you leave town but if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you shake the dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate so the disciples went out telling everyone they meant to repent everyone they met to repent of their sins and turned to God and they cast out many demons and healed many sick people anointing them with olive oil Herod Antipas the king soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him some were saying this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead that is why he can do such miracles others say he's the prophet Elijah Still others said he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John the man I beheaded has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. Herodias. She had been his brother, Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, It is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. 
So Herodias, Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so he liked to listen to him. Herodias' chance finally came as Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask, up, up to half of my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said, but because of the vows he had made in front of the guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. Okay, uh, Psalm 39, 1-13. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting the fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion. Do not let fools mock me. I am silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. But please stop striking me. I'm exhausted by the blows from your hand. When you discipline us for our sins, you consume like a moth what is precious to us. Each of us is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveler passing through. As my ancestors were before me, leave me alone so I can smile again, before I am gone and exist no more. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 10. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. Amen. 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 Very good, babe. I think you should read that study on Leviticus. That was a lot to absorb. 
You can read the study on that, I guess. Go ahead. Uh, suggestions? <laughs> you always suggest. You're not suggesting it. Yeah, the serious skin disease in Leviticus 13.2 referred to several different diseases, including leprosy, and was greatly feared in Bible times. Unlike the diseases we call leprosy or Hansen's disease today, some of the diseases were highly contagious. The worst of them slowly ruined the body and was fatal in most cases. Those who contracted one of these diseases were separated from their families and friends and quarantined outside the camp since priests were responsible for the health of the camp it was their duty to expel the re readmit lepers if someone leprosy appeared to go away only the priest could decide if that person was truly cured Le leprosy is a fit fitting metaphor for sin just mm -hmm. like leprosy sin is contagious sin spreads from the eve to adam and then to their sons and eventually to all humanity. Like leprosy, sin destroys our bodies with death and curses our creation as well. And like leprosy, sin separated Adam and Eve from God and from each other since sin exceedingly highly deteriorating and deforming. For all these reasons, Paul encourages churches to remove unrepentant people from their community, 1 Corinthians 5, sin will spread, destroy, and divide a church when it is ignored. Wow. Amen. Okay, chapter. Um, the uh, Talking about there was no belief. Jesus couldn't do a lot of work because of their unbelief. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he was amazed at mm -hmm. their unbelief, right. you know. Uh -huh. uh, it's amazing how, you know, even though in the sight of many miracles, there's still contempt to the, to the, you know, because of their choice, their choice not to believe or their mm -hmm. choice to, it takes courage to believe, it shows it humility to believe, I think it's the entrance, you know. Well, it's interesting that they saw his wisdom. They saw him display his power and many miracles. They saw all this. But when they came back at him, he just said, eh, he's just a carpenter. Mm -hmm. A nobody. You know, he's just one of us. Common. They just dismissed that. How quickly. How quickly they disregarded the power, you know. And, um... They just sad. That's why uh, testimony is so important, you know, it creates faith in people, you know, the stories how he delivered us from the uh from sin or from the drink. Testimonies is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I like it right here where he sent the twelve two by two. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that they didn't take anything. It's interesting how they he gave them authority mm -hmm. to uh cast out the the enemy, and just with the authority, they did it. Mm -hmm. You know, they they didn't have the they have the word of God on them. So, but what about the Holy Spirit? Unless you know God's presence went with them, and they had the power to to heal the people, anoint them with oil, and cast out many demons. Mm -hmm. 
been healed. Many, you know, it, they could have gone for a year. They could have gone for a season because mm-hmm. they were with Jesus for three years. They could have done this three times in the last three years. You know, they'd gone out on their own to different villages mm-hmm. and to do exactly what Jesus was doing. So we, we should be able to do that. Heal many people. Cast out Satan. Cast out demons from people. Mm-hmm. You know, and heal many sick. Amen. Anoint them so with oil. It. Olive so oil. So be it. You know, it's amazing to me, at, you know, the two that signifies when two shall agree. You know, you and I do that kind of, we go to Costco when we lay hands on something, we, mm-hmm. where we're to agree, it shall be done on this earth. Um, and when we pray, often in the morning, we're in agreement. And that's power. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the power of a prayer. You know, um, so it just it's just important to see that he sent them out as two, so there would be agreement, I think. So, anyway. Amen. But I'd like, I, I, I don't, I, th- I know we've talked about this before, is why did they go out with only their, you know, walking stick? No food, no traveler's bag, no money. I mean... He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. I mean, but it says here, when you go, um, stay in that house. Wherever you go, stay in the same place until you leave town. But if they refuse to listen to you, shake the dust off you and get going. So I'm wondering, I guess if we could read, I'll read the reading here and see what we, if we get. Okay, for, um... For pious Jews, okay, Mark chapter six eleven. For pious Jews, it was a custom to shake the dust from other, from their feet after they passed through Gentile cities or territories. This action was meant to show their separation from Gentile influences and practices. Same thing like we got to do. We got to dust ourselves off this world, right? We're sometimes we're in the place, of, you know, wherever we're at. We we can't always keep that we got to be cleansed from from that um to show our separation from gentiles influence and practices jesus turned this custom on its head he instructed the disciples to shake the dust from their feet from learning from leaving a jewish town as a vivid sign that they wished to remain separate from people who had rejected jesus and his message okay um, very good. Je- Jesus made it clear that all who heard the gospel were responsible for how they responded to it, and the disciples were not accountable if the message was rejected as long as they had faithfully presented it. In the same way, we must faithfully present Jesus' message to those we know and trust, know and meet. This is our responsibility. If they reject it, we will not be held accountable. For we will have done our part. Amen and amen to that. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you that you have given us authority, Lord God, to cast out evil spirits, to pray for the sick, Lord, and to walk by faith. To believe, Lord, that you are with us and you constantly supply all our needs and you show us signs and wonders, Lord God. And what we're doing has your approval, Lord. 
Thank you for amazing us, Lord. We believe and we thank you, Lord, that you create us for a time such as this, Lord. Amen. Lord, you have blessed the work of our hands, Lord, Amen. and strengthen us, Amen. Lord, God, to do your your bidding, your your Amen. Your appointed task, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 O oh, Lord, that you would bless us indeed and enlarge our territory, that your hand would be upon us, that you would keep us from evil, that we would not cause harm. And the scripture says that you granted our request. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you're expanding our territory. Father, that our reach is going to extend and that we're going to be anointed with, um, with the power of the Holy Spirit to perform many miracles in your name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.